Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Sustainability and Climate Podcast. I may remain your favorite host, always hope you are And as usual with me, I have my partner in execution, not partner in crime, Labake. Hello, Labake. How have you been? Hi, I've been great. I have been super excited to jump back on the podcast since we had our guest episode. Yeah. Been tracking the numbers. <laughs> Shall I do the announcement? <laughs> I'm, I'm trusting the feedback has been great from, from our, our guests as well and also listeners who, who listen and like, oh yeah, this is like a different different vibe to the podcast. Like, yeah, sometimes you definitely need to bring in guests. But yeah, please go ahead with the announcement. I'm so excited for <laughs> our amazing listeners that has given us this, this great fit. So, yeah, so we were on the top 10, number five, yeah. education podcast in the UK. Four months in, I'm super proud of what you know, we've been able to achieve with your support yeah. on the podcast. And I look forward to more episodes, getting more guests on the show and kind of enjoying it as we're doing it, to be honest. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting how you just just woke up one day and decided to just do something because I think for us, we just wanted to have a conversation where people can be able to understand what climate change is all about. Because one thing as, in as much as we work in the sector, we understand these things. We believe that there are people who want to know more how can they protect the environment what exactly is climate change for some people it's a big word what's sustainability and so for us doing this podcast is for us to let our listeners like you know that sustainability is not just a big word but a word where we need to all come together to take action and let people know that we need to protect the environment we need to make the world a better place we need to recycle and for us that is the main drive for this podcast and to see this recognition is it's like an inspiration and an encouragement for us. Yeah. So you guys can't stop now. No, literally. Like there's this sound trying to just get to my You cannot stop now. You can hold me back. But yeah, but yeah, just. just... <laughs> but yeah, big, big thanks to you guys for, for listening and yeah. for sharing. And please, this is just the beginning. We need more of your support. Share, subscribe, let people know about this because we all need the collective action for us to be able to make this was a better place. And so, yeah, I'm excited and thank you so much, guys, for, for supporting us thus far. Yeah, so that's the big announcement we had. Yeah. We still have our episode, our last episode with Michael Sheldrick, who is the co-founder of Global Citizens, and it was an incredible conversation. So if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to that episode. What else has been happening the last couple of weeks? I think for me, just following the news, I think the African Climate Summit yes, is in going Kenya. on Kenya. I'm actually really bummed because I was meant to be there. Yeah, but story for another day. (laughs) Literally a story for another day. But I am going to be paying close attention to the summit. I think it's the inaugural one. Yeah, the first one. It's the first one. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see what comes out of it. It'll be really interesting to see what conversations come out of it in intersection with the conflicts that are happening in in Africa at the moment as well and how climate change kind of impacts and drives that a little bit. So that that that's an an arc that I will be paying close attention to as well. Okay. But yeah, no, I'm super excited about it. I yeah. think there are a lot of conferences coming up. So there's this one. There's SDG Week in New York. Yeah. I'm leading all leading up to COP twenty eight. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, a lot happening. And I think I saw one interesting picture this morning when the host country president and um, the president of Kenya yeah. at, came into the venue and all the cars on this convoy were electric vehicles. And I think that is that is a very strong message. You can't be preaching something or hosting such event like that, and you're coming the other way around. And to see that is also is one of the president that I respect so much. I'm trying to preach that Africa, trying to let people know that Africa is bigger than the way they think Africa is, yeah. and let people know that you can't just 
joke with us anymore. We are ready to have these conversations. You're ready to, yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, I, I, I also agree with him where, for example, a country we invite African leaders while a country African, I don't want to give an example before. Yeah, a country we want to host. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So a country will invite African leaders to come to their own country to discuss the development of the African continent. And I just find that disrespectful. And he being the president who who comes up to speak for, about issues like this and to see how passionate he is. Yeah, he is about climate change. He's really a good one to, to see. Yeah. yeah. Kenya has Kenya's been kind of pioneering the climate transition in Africa for a while. Yeah. And they're very innovative with their technology and mm. with their policies and, and implementation as well. So it's been really, really cool to see. I really kind of, I'm having a bit of FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> Not being at the summit, but yeah, no, it'll be really cool to see what comes out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And how that that pushes us, push, pushes us forward and pushes the needle on, on the climate transition in Africa. Oh. In particular. Cool, cool, cool. And with that said, I think it's time for us to go straight into today's episode, the yes. topic. And for us at the Sustainability and Climate Podcast, we one thing that is important for us is to get this report and to see ways we can review the report. And one report that we'll be reviewing today, we'll be looking at the recently released, the 2023 Impact Report, the Sustainability Sustainable Development Goals Impact Report. And I think this is a report I've been, I've been following for many years yeah. that shows how countries are making progress when it comes to the SDGs. Uh, I think it's global. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like global performance to yeah. the SDGs, how we're tracking. By the way, 2030 is seven years away. Yeah, yeah. Which, the more you think about, the more you realize how much work is to be done yeah. and hasn't been done. True. And these impact reports are like a stark reminder every year. And it's so interesting because every year it comes out and it's like, oh, we're not anywhere close to meeting our goals. <laughs> <laughs> but yet we keep going and and not changing tactics in 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 any real way yeah. and measurable way. And I just find it interesting because 2030 is going to pull up that the door is knocking. Someone's knocking at the door. <laughs> Toby's pulling out all the songs. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood. <laughs> the sun is out. <laughs> it's summer 2.0. <laughs> literally, literally, September. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to, 2030 is going to pull up and we're going to realize that we've, We've not made as much progress yeah. as we need to, not even want to at this point, but as we need to. Mm. And in today's episode, we kind of wanted to drill down into one goal in particular, which yeah. is gender equality. Yeah. And gender equality is an interesting one because it's kind of cross-cutting across all the other goals and look at you know how we've done on achieving gender equality based on the targets that yeah. the SDG impact report kind of yeah. identifies, but also talk a little bit more broadly around the intersection of gender and the climate transition, yeah. if you will. So yeah, do you want to kick us off, Toby? Because Toby is super prepared <laughs> today and you can't edit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you see, one, one interesting thing about today's episode is because I'm so passionate about the SDGs, knowing yeah. fully well when it was passed in 2015 and I'm working previously my role as at the social good seeing where we can use new media so for me this this topic is very very important but before we go much into details i think it is important we let our listeners know what the sustainable development goals are 
and how they came about. I think these goals came about in 2015, like I said, where member nations of the United Nations came together to say, oh, how can we come together to make the, the world a better place? So these are 17 interconnected goals, which was established. I tell people this is not a UN goal. It's, a, it's not a goal that was being enforced by the United Nations on countries. Countries came together to agree to say, oh, we want to come together to work on these goals, moving from the Millennium Development Goals, MDGs. I remember back back in the day, um, some country, a, a country used to have this MDG 2020 agenda. And sadly, they couldn't even attain like 5% of the agenda that they wanted to achieve. And I'm waiting to see at the end of this SDG 2030 what's some countries would, would be proud to say they've achieved. And, and here in the UK, I think two of the goals that they are battling with is the uh, good health and well-being and climate change. And I'm looking forward to seeing the effort of the government um, to see what are they doing current. But So at the moment, these goals are goals where member nations have come together to say, oh, we want to achieve this by 2030. How can we work together? And in on these goals, we have what are called the frameworks. And these frameworks are like a support system to say, oh, for us to be able to achieve, ex for example, climate change, we need to do A, B, C, D. So these goals are goals that we believe that by 2030, if we can address these key issues from good health to quality education to climate change. And I think for me, my most passionate or my most interesting of this goal is goal 17 which is partnership because we can achieve these goals if we don't come together to to achieve this thing for example countries coming together to say oh how can i help you how can i support you or how can our listeners come together to to tackle climate change because for us to be able to achieve climate change we need to all come together to to partner together. So for us, these all the goals are important in as much as this podcast is focused on sustainability and climate change. But that is why for us, we want to look into how does this goal come into play when it comes to climate change. And we look forward to sharing more details with you guys. And so far, I don't know, Blabake, what do you think? Do you think these goals can be achieved by 2030? I think that's a very interesting question. The short answer is no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The short answer is no, but that doesn't take away the wins yeah, that yeah, the SDGs yeah. um, have been able to achieve. Yeah. One big thing is in advocacy and awareness. I feel like there's so many more people that know about the different targets and goals within sustainable development, oh. right? Not just climate change, not just the climate transition, but yeah. everything around what you said, good health and well-being clean water, sanitation and hygiene, yep. you know, all the different good education or quality education, all the different goals have become top priority items for yeah. countries, for individuals, for businesses. And I feel like the sustainable development goals have been able to pull everybody's focus to sustainable development, mm. not just in developing countries or the, or the um, global South, but, yeah. you know, globally, like how do we drive development in in these spaces yeah. so that's one big win i think it's had another big win is despite the fact that we haven't been able to meet these goals we've made progress mm. right which is one big thing that we should highlight because as much as we say that we're definitely not going to meet the goals of 2030 because we're not <laughs> <laughs> we're not yeah but we've made significant progress right so even the goal that we're talking about or we're zeroing in on today which is gender equality there was a number that i saw that women's representation in management has increased making the most progress in sub-saharan africa so 38.2% uh -huh 
of women or 38.2% of people in management are women. I think that's how, how that's said in 2021 in sub-Saharan Africa, okay. which is a significant like data point to show progress. Yeah. The progress of women, progress of mobility, upward mobility for women in sub-Saharan Africa, yeah. creating spaces that, you know, women kind of worked a little bit harder to be a part of. Now it's kind of on top agendas that, okay, we need to have quotas for women in, in, in management and leadership positions. And this is a big win of, of the SDGs, right? We're not going to be able to meet um, gender equality and gender parity, but we've made significant progress, which, you know, I would love for us to get there. And I'm sure we all would, but I think it's, it's important to also acknowledge the progress that we've been able to make. So short answer, no long answer. Yeah, we've made, we've, we've made progress, but we have a long way to go still. Yeah, and, and to talk about progress, I, I remember, I think last year when I, I was watching a program, I can't remember, and one of the SDG, not, now we have interesting, interesting thing is here, we have, we have a lot of SDG experts, people who say they're expert on the SDGs, kudos to them. <laughs> and, and, and this guy came up and said, oh, do you know that in, in Africa, these goals, even if you extend the goals to 2040, these goals will not be achieved in Africa. And I sat back and I asked myself, in as much as we know these things, right? The question I always ask people is, yes, we know the problem, but what solutions are you preferring to see that these things are tackled? We understand that, yes, we have, in Africa, we have funny government, let me use that word, where our government leaders, when it comes to in September, all of them march to the UN General Assembly. You see that large convoys and, you know, giving us the nice speech to say we've done this, we've done this. So these are for me today. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Because for me, it's, yeah, this, these meetings are always interesting when I listen to presidents speak and they say, oh, we've done this, we've done that. And you go back home, you go, you go back to that country and look at, oh, what exactly is this progress that you talk about? Because it's not evident for people to to see in, in real time. But I think, I think the SDGs are... I always tell people, if you're making plans on the SDG, don't, don't look for short-term gains because at the end of the day, if you use the short-term gains to say you've made progress, it will affect you or it will distract you from making long-term progress because a lot of people want the quick wins. But if you look at the goal, that is why the goals are not goals for five years or 10 years. These are goals for 15 years because these things will take time to be achieved. So we need to take the right steps, baby steps. You don't walk, you crawl and put the right things in place before you be able to walk. So I think I think that is one thing we need to understand that for us to be able to achieve these goals by 2030, which according to Labaka, not me, these goals, she said these goals will not be achieved because I need to I need to say that. I didn't say that. We were partners when you said No, no, but sometimes you need to you need to you need to excuse yourself from something so that when the the, the people in power come, they know what they're coming the for. The truth of the matter is it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The truth of the matter is it's not. As much as I would I would like to say differently, it's not. Yeah. The data, so working with the SDGs on a day-to-day -day basis as I do, yeah. and you look at the numbers, you look at benchmarks, Africa, the data, data scarcity and data poverty is a big problem for us, right? Yeah. So if we're not even able to track what we're doing, then how do we know, how, how do we measure our progress towards the, these goals, right? So sorry to hand it to you, but. Yeah, <laughs> I I do I do still believe in the goals. Like I said, it's yeah. we've made significant progress. It's done incredible things for awareness and advocacy and community building yeah. and changing perspectives and yeah. 
you know, distilling the distilling ownership of the transition to to individuals and businesses. But to be honest, I think to a certain extent, and I guess I'm posing this question to you as well. Do you think these goals were, what is the word I'm looking for? No, I don't want to say not intended to be achieved, but you, mm. know, you do you know what aspirational? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Do you think these goals were aspirational? You know, when they say reach for the, the sky, yeah. fall in the clouds. Because as you said, 15 years, it's a, it's a long time, yeah. but it's also a short period of time to yeah. achieve a lot of these goals. 15 years to achieve gender equality is actually at all order, mm, if you think yeah, about it, yeah. right? Because the data that this report, the SDG impact report is stating is, it's saying that it's going to take 300 years. Yeah, I was about to, to say end, that. <laughs> yeah, 300 years to end child marriage. Yeah. 286 years to close the gap in legal protection and remove discriminatory that's, laws. That's crazy. So that's, you know, an incredible amount of time in serious multiples of the 15 years that the SDGs was given. Yeah. Right. So do you think these goals, when they were written, were aspirational, right? If we set really high targets everybody would jump through as many hoops to try and get to them, even though we know it's not attainable, but it would move them as opposed to setting much, you know, lower goals yeah. and I think, meeting like a percentage. I, of I think, I think for me, these, the sustainable development goals are not just goals. Mm. I think we're being put together as a, basically I'll say it's a testament to the global commitment to creating a better world by our leaders and I want to see it as a way of them having that belief and that determination in making the world a better place. Okay. Because at the end of the day, it takes someone who wants change to look for ways that change can come. And I think setting these goals is the first step in giving us that change that we want. And so I'll give them the applause for, first of all, coming together to say, okay, we want a better world. And for us to get these better words, we think, I, I use the word think, because at the end of the day, they don't know. They think that if we do these things, if we do this, if we work with these frameworks and or with these goals, this better world that our people, our citizens are looking for, we can give it to them. So for me, I see them having this big dream. You know, every political office holder will come in to say, oh, I want to make things better for you. Some of them have good intentions. Some of them don't have good intentions. Some of them come in to make the money, which is good for them. But at the end of the day, the good arm of the law will catch them, just like what is going on in a particular country in Africa. <laughs> but I think, I think for me, I, I, I will commend them in as much as these are big goals. I think it's a, it's a step in the right direction to show how some of our leaders, not all of our leaders, have the people in mind. So I don't see it as one big dream or just being inspirational. I see it as a commitment to giving our citizens or giving our people the future that they want. So if we need to give them that future, this is how we need to start. I, I, something is telling me that by 2030, these goals will be moved a bit. Like, okay, yeah. I, th I think we're making progress. If we have like five or 10 more years, these goals can be achieved and the goals will be extended. But we know really, I, I think our, our leaders, are some leaders, I don't want to use our leader because it's not all of them. So, uh, some of our leaders are really, really passionate about creating a better change. And big shout out to the Prime Minister of Barbados, who is a very huge climate change activist. And also, apart from being a climate change activist, she's someone who is really pushing for development 
of our region. And I believe that if some of our leaders in Africa, in Asia, in Europe are really committed in tackling this climate change crisis, I think the world will be a better place. So I then have a arc of conversation, shall I say, or yep. discussion. The SDGs, <clears throat> the SDGs, while it includes climate change, yeah. is a larger, you know, framework on development. Yeah. Right? So, and the reason I, I kind of thought of this distinction or thought of this line of, of question, I guess, would be, you know, the SDGs is for 2030. Yeah. But net zero and the Paris Agreement is for 2050. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we do have an extra 20 years on those to meet the climate change targets or the climate transition targets, I should say. But the SDGs are more focused on sustainable development. So like I said, everything from good health and well-being to, you know, clean water access, which are problems, development problems that we've been solving for, you know, as long as civilization has been a thing. Right. So to that point, the SDGs are. You know how every year you said, what's the word? What is it vision, vision board? board? What is it? It's like your your goals for the year. Yeah. New Year resolution. Yeah, New Year resolution. That's yeah. it. New Year's resolution. I feel like to a certain extent, the SDGs are something similar, right? Yeah. They're aspirational goals that we're setting for this block of time. And then in that block of time, we're going to go again because I can assure you, actually, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, no. Because if you think about the regressions being made with conflicts happening around the world, yeah. right? Con- countries that were not included in certain buckets, I guess, mm. of, of development are now being included in that because of conflict. If we're talking about hunger and poverty increasing in places like Ukraine now because yeah of the war that's happening there that they weren't even included. Those are numbers that were encountered before. The refugees, migration is increasing, Mm. you know, these difficulties. I was listening to the Times podcast this morning. So I listen to the news every morning, which is an interesting thing. One day we should have a conversation, just quick tangent. We should have a conversation about how COVID and news in the past, I want to say five, 10 years has really changed mental health of people because I had to stop listening to you. Big shout out to Mr. COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he needs one. I also saw, I think you posted that actually, that COVID is coming back. COVID is back. There's something I wanted to go off of my head, but like, that's (laughs) (laughs) what This bit, there's no way we're announcing COVID is back. Anyway, anyway. Uh, but yeah, tangents. We need to we need to talk about how that ha- impacted mental health. That falls under you know SDG three, by the way. Yeah. But the the effect of climate change on the news you were listening to. Oh, the yeah. New York Times podcast this morning. Yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take. <laughs> what was I saying? New time on how COVID has made. People listen to. Oh yes, yes. So they, I think, the aspirational goals. Cotton, continue from here. (laughs) To a certain extent, I think because more numbers are being added to different buckets of the sustainable development agenda. You know, with conflict, with public health issues, the recession is another one. You know, find economic downturns and stuff. I feel like there's never. I can't imagine a point, let me not say there's never, because you never know, right? But I can't imagine a point where the whole world is developed. 
Mm. Right. And all of these things are no longer issues. Everybody is, you know, mentally well. Everybody is fed. There's no. And the idea is to obviously reduce these things. It would be great not to have poverty in the world. That's something that is achievable, eradicating poverty. But for some of these goals, right, is there ever, and this is my question to you then, is there ever a zero point for these, for these issues, for these problems? And is, do you think that's the idea behind these goals or is it more to reduce and get to a more human? Yeah, I, I see the, the, the honest truth is this, it's just to reduce because as long as there are humans on earth, there'll be need. Yeah. And as long as there are humans on earth, these things will continue to be issues that are affecting humans. So I think at the end of the day, is not to eliminate or to say, oh, we've gotten to that zero point. I think the goal is to see how they can reduce it to the barest minimum mm-hmm. and not to say, oh, yes, we've achieved zero. I don't think it is possible. I think it's just to say, okay, at this point, it's at 100 how can we reduce it to a 10 or a 5? To say, okay, if we reduce it to a 10 or a 5, it will, the effect on humans will no longer be too much because it's no longer at the eyesight. So I think it's just for what our leaders are doing is to see how they can reduce these things and not to totally eliminate it. Because as long as they're humans, these things will continue to be issues. And if we look, if we look at how important climate change is, See, climate change affects everyone equally, right? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, because if you look at it, the, the vulnerable communities are, are often those with fewer resources. And also, they, are less politi- they have less political power. They bear most of these problems. And I think within these communities, now looking at the topic we're going into now, gender, I think women also have, like they bear a lot of these burdens, a lot of these problems. Unequally. Unequally, yes, sorry. So I think they bear most of this problem. So at the end of the day, I think as as leaders or as individuals, one thing we should be working towards is, okay, in my own little way, what can I do to reduce these things? How can I reduce my use of wastes? How can I recycle more? Because if we keep saying, yes, this is the role of the government to recycle, the government don't live in your house, right? You 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 buy these things, you use them, you don't expect the government to come and knock at the door to say, okay, you drank water today, did you recycle? So I think as individuals, one thing that we can, pl- one role we can play is having these conversations and playing our own part and not blame the government. We know as much as we know that our government or our leaders have, some of them, there's this word I want to use, there's some of them that have skoi skoi. Oh my God. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we ask ourselves, what can I do to, to cushion the effect of these things yeah. on me and on my community. Yeah, and I liked I liked the point that you made about the unequal impact experience yeah. of of development, climate the climate transition on gender, yeah. right? On women, we are shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we are unfortunately disproportionately impacted yeah. by almost every kind of issue Mm. that is highlighted in the framework of the SDGs, but also the climate transition, right? And it's interesting that the targets that this particular goal in the report highlights is talking mainly about child marriage, education, Mm. legal. uh, What else does it highlight? Women's representation in leadership positions. In parliament. In parliament. Gender pay. 
kind of issues like that. But interestingly, right, do you think about the intersection of gender and like mental health? Mm. The intersection of gender and clean water access. Mm. Because majority of the time it's women that are going out to fetch water in long, yeah. you know, in in far distances yeah. or gender and education. So the amount of young girls that are not in school for whatever yeah. reason. Um, because there's so many, there's so many reasons. And at some point we might explore different all the different goals and highlight these things within them. But it's so interesting that gender cuts across all of these issues and the climate transition. So with flooding and droughts as well, how are women impacted more so than men? Yeah. I was reading this book and now I don't remember the name. I'll try to find the name and tag it somewhere, either on our socials or on the podcast. It's a really, really interesting book that helps you see gender in a different light. Even as a woman, there's so many things I hadn't thought of, mm. right? How things like, the average average data point is a man. Mm. So what this means is, for example, when they were building cars and they were building seat belts into cars, they used a male dummy man, like a male dummy to yeah. test, yeah. right? But it doesn't take, take into account the difference in height and shapes of women, mm. the difference in body parts. So like a woman has a bigger, you know, chest area than a man does. How does yeah. that impact, you know, the... The, the functionality of, of the seatbelt. And that's just something so little you don't think about or building pedestrian streets and how women in certain areas are walking more or, or leave work early because they have to quickly run to the grocery store to yeah. get food. And all of those things change transportation patterns and the experience of it, right? So many things that I hadn't quite thought about mm. in a gendered way, but that book, you know, brilliantly highlights it. And after reading that, I started thinking about the intersection of gender and a lot of things, almost everything you can think about the gendered experience of it, mm. right? Um, and so I feel like the conversation around the SDGs, uh, around progress for the SDGs is one that, you know, is continuously, you know, kind of going, never ending. But it's really interesting to also think about the gendered experience of it. Yeah, and, and, and talking about gender and women, I think women, especially in, in, develop, in developing countries, they tend yeah. to have more limited access to resources and opportunities compared to men. Yeah. Uh, because if you put, see, I think this even puts them more at a higher risk when disaster or, or environmental conditions due to climate change happen. For instance, you're looking at during disasters, there's some cultures where it, it limits women mobility. They'll say, oh, because you're a woman, you're a woman, you can't do this, you can't go out when there's a disaster. It prevents them from assessing safety of resources, limits their movement. They're, oh, yeah, you can't go out, let, let the man go out. And mm -hmm. it kind of like reduces their power. Yeah. And and also, I think this, this intersection of gender and climate change, I think this makes us see how women, or rather makes us have a very big picture of the, of vulnerable women being placed when issues like this happen and i think it, see if we want to discuss the vulnerability there are a lot of intersections that would definitely come up but i think it is important that we recognize that women are also powerful agents of change yes we are <laughs> <laughs> if we if we want to if we want, and this is me as a man speaking i i, I, I want to encourage everyone out there let me speak you know some pastor like i want to encourage you, i want to do it yeah but yeah i think women are they are powerful agents of change and i think the 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 play a very very critical role in our families in our communities when it comes to managing resources like water energy food 
And I think it is high time that we use their knowledge and their perspective in designing the future that we want, in designing effective climate adaptation and strategies. Um, because sometimes if you look at these panels or look at these groups that have been set up to discuss climate change, you, you find that a lot of them don't have women on the table. And I think it is high time it's that... It's an automatic red flag for me. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think I think it's high time that our leaders put them at the center of things like this. And I think another another layer to this is the gender norms and roles, which are kind of like influence people and their experience when it comes to climate change. Women responsibilities. That I, I think I was I was watching something over the weekend, and I was watching about the caregivers in the UK, and most of these people who do this is the women. Why? Because they have this affectionate kind of thing in them, and we, we seclude them when it comes to critical issues like the environment, like mm-hmm. the economy. And you see, oh, it's only a man that can manage the economy. But in real sense of the word, a woman that can actually manage the economy as well. Sometimes better, oftentimes better. The data says it, not me. I Some, can pull up the data. Something is coming to my head, but let me not say it. But yeah, I agree with you because I don't want to. Yeah, but yeah. I, so I think I think it's important that we we get them involved with, in conversations and in policies like this. Our leaders need to make sure. See, trust me, the, the General Assembly is coming up very soon. In a couple of days, you see the number of delegation that will be led by men and the number of men that will be on such delegation. Should actually tally. We Sorry, should, we should tally the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> it should be ninety ten. Ninety ten, okay. Yeah, see. because at the end of the day, I, I think our leaders need to understand how powerful women are, and to have them be part of such conversations so that people can. So people are actually comfortable when women are leading policies like this because you believe that they put in their heart and their soul into this. So the change that they want, they actually want to see in as much as, okay, Toby, don't say this. But yeah, I think, I think moving on, I think we need to, we need to get more women involved when it comes to conversations yeah. like this. Uh, yeah. And to kind of round up, I want to ask our listeners and our yeah. subscribers, how do you integrate gender equality in your day-to-day life like what are some things that you know whether you're a man whether it's in your office or in your home or as a woman in your office in your home helping each other helping yourself putting yourself forward like what are some of the things that you are doing little steps incremental steps to achieve gender equality yeah and despite these challenges, uh, I think it's very, very, <laughs> it's very, very important that we there are remarkable success stories yeah. that deserve recognition. Oh, um, are you going to tell us some? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> I, I think there are initiatives that involve women when it comes to um, reforestation project, um, yeah. sustainable agriculture. Big shout out to our friend at Farm to You. Shout out, shout out, yes. shout out. She's at some point we'll get her on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, She's awesome. yeah. So I think I think a lot of women are doing things when it comes to agriculture. I saw I saw one as I was preparing for this podcast in Bangladesh, for instance. Women are being trained as solar technicians, which they're breaking into. It's a male-dominated space in Bangladesh, and to see that women are being trained to get into that space is good. I love that. And I think also in the global south, there are women that are leading the charge in adapting to. To climate impact, they are developing innovative ways to preserve water, to manage food security, sorry, food scarcity, and also build resilient communities. And while advocating for their rights and equality, and so yeah, that's it for me. Women are doing great things. I feel like that's a great way to round up this episode. Yeah, women are doing great things. <laughs> 
and that's the woman on the podcast <laughs> i'll say thank you so much for listening yes thank you guys and this is just for us this is a call to action to, yes. to stay engaged we want you to continue to dialogue on gender and climate change share the knowledge that you have with people the knowledge you've gained with your friends the family and your network and amplify the voice of those who are working tirelessly on the front line yes and and challenge challenge us i would love to hear kind of conversations or again discussions if you do think we can achieve the sdgs by 2030 why you think so what we can do to maybe get us yeah. to actually achieve it yeah. feel free to reach out i look forward to speaking with you yes so thank you guys and we hope you've gained insights yeah <laughs> and had a good it's, laugh <laughs> into the the intricates relationship between gender and climate change and sustainability and we encourage you to continue learning continue engaging and advocating and thank you for joining us on this enlightening journey and remember the future is in our hands and it's up to us to shape it into the one that we want oh that's a good ending oh thank you thank you i came up with that yeah all right guys thank you and you continue to have a wonderful day bye